is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to BU Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Hey, hey, welcome back to Be You. If you are visiting us for the first time, I'm super glad that you're here with us. And if you're one of my regular listeners, hello again. I love you and I appreciate you. The last couple of episodes of this new season, again, not by calendar, but after a summer hiatus, I have really enjoyed your feedback. I am telling you, you have no idea how much it means to me, but also it's super helpful as a podcaster. It's so funny to hear myself say that. I mean, I've been doing this almost two years and it takes me a while to claim things. And for me to say I'm a podcaster, of course I am, but saying it out loud, it just sounded funny to me right now. Uh, but as a podcaster, I want you to know that it's very helpful to the show. It doesn't just make me feel good about what I'm saying and encourage me, but it also shows me what direction you want me to go. Of course, it's my show and I get to say what I want, but it wouldn't be a show without you. So I want to know that you're liking it, that you're enjoying it. And the episode with Sigrid and then my solo episode on parenting, I've had more than normal messages coming to me saying that it was helpful. If you're not connected to me on Instagram, I would love to be connected with you on Instagram. So both of them are listed in the show notes, but I'm Jill Herman, BU, and then BU Podcast with an underscore after that. Um, I'm the both places. Um, I have a really small group there and following and connections. I don't know what you want to call it. I hate saying followers. I think I like to use the word connections. So I don't have a lot of you know connections on Instagram and I like it like that. It's great. If it grows more, awesome. If it doesn't, that's okay with me. But my point in saying that I don't have tons and tons of followers is that some people think because the podcast is so big that you can't access me through Instagram. And it's actually not true at all. And I talk to people all the time through Instagram. I'm never going to be the girl who, quote, lives in the DMs because I love and I've grown to love and I've been better about healthy boundaries. So, you know, you can invite people to talk to you online without feeling like you owe people something. And that's where I am. But I love to get your feedback. And I love also ideas for episodes. Feel free to share ideas. What do you want me to talk about? Who are some people you'd like me to interview? There are so many people I'm sure that are out there and I don't even know that they're there. Tell me to follow them and I'll check them out and see if they're a good fit. So I get pitched a lot, very often for um, interviews. I mean, random emails from people who are representing other people. I'd say three to 10 a week. Uh, It just varies on the weeks. I'm really selective, as you know. No one comes on the show that I don't personally invite. 
So every interview is something that has been vetted through me. In other words, if they're on the show, I'm pretty sure that you're going to like them. I'm pretty darn sure that what they share is really important to you, but also fits in the, you know, be you category in our silo of being yourself, discovering yourself, excavating yourself. And then remember, be you breaks down into five sort of like subcategories. The first is a big thick one, right? It's a big juicy one. It's spirituality, somatics and trauma healing. The second is unconventional medicine, everything from biohacking to how to live a healthy life, coloring outside of the lines. The third is relationships, conscious relationships, like what comes up in relationships? What does that mean? You know, we're going to talk a lot about intimate relationships. The fourth is conscious parenting. And I'm saying conscious because you and I are awake. And by awake, that's a big term, right? We could go into that for an hour. But by awake, that means we're aware. We're aware of our triggers. We want to explore those. We are aware of the stories that we have in our heads. We want to explore those. We're ready to heal and shed and unbecome. And we know that everything starts with us and that we are our our biggest gift and our biggest obstacle. So we're conscious, we're aware, we're seeking a relationship with spirituality, et cetera. So conscious relationships, conscious parenting, and then the last is creative self-expression. And so that could be anything from styling your home to styling yourself, hairstyle, you know, the way we express ourselves through clothing. It could be art, et cetera. So just know that everything that we talk about will be somewhere in one of those categories, but a lot of them will bleed together and blend together. Like the last conversation about parenting, I would say covered a few of those. So today we are having conversation about, let me just say this. So, you know, we hear all the time, you know, stop caring what everyone thinks. Stop worrying about what other people think of you. And I say it too. What I'm feeling more comfortable with, I don't know about you, try this on, see how it fits. What I'm feeling better about is not not caring what anyone thinks, but being so, so, so focused on the life I want to live, the service I want to give, the world I want to create, the family that I am creating you know, my own healing journey, the whole returning to love, I'm so focused on that that I don't even think about what anyone else thinks of me. That's what I want to get to. I am not there. You know, I am there much of the time and then I'm finding myself on Facebook scrolling and looking for approval, wondering why I never hear from this person or, you know, looking at the, I'm being really raw here. I don't want to tell you this, but the truth is, you know, having moments where I'm looking at comments made on other people's posts and then mine is crickets. Like, why is that? Now, we've talked about this before. I I then am able to check myself, right? And return to truth. Return to love, return to truth. They're the same thing. But I still get there. I still, I still get stuck in those crevices for sure. So the idea of not caring what anyone thinks, mm, that doesn't fit me anymore. The next idea that was fitting really well, and it still applies, I heard this from Brene Brown, and you've heard me say it here. It's not not caring what anyone thinks, but having a very, very short list. That's still true for me. I have a short list of people whose opinion does matter to me. Now, it doesn't matter more than mine, right? Their opinion of what decision I'm making doesn't ever trump my intuition, my gut, my internal GPS, ever. My conversation with gut, uh uh-uh. However, it matters to me. I I do want to know. And I will break it into categories. Like if it's a business decision, I might run it by this person. 
if it's this type of thing I'm talking about or thinking about or working through, I might run it by this person on my short list. Everything goes through my husband. I love hearing what he has to say about things, but he'll be the first to tell you that I will listen and then I use my own discernment. So having a short list, I'm still loving that. But what about what we're going to talk about today? What about a new way of looking at this? And that is that it's not just that we don't care what anyone thinks. And it's not just that we have a short list of people whose opinion matters to us. And it's not just that we are living so much, you know, toward our values and, and really, really, really focusing on what matters most to us and our own growth and our own healing that we don't really pay attention to what other people think. But what about this? Or I'll say, and this. Today's episode, you might be like, oh my God, get to it, Joe. What are we talking about today? Okay, this is what was coming to me earlier. I was thinking about the fact that in the whole conversation of what people think of us, there's another part, and that is that you and I don't just make up stories about ourselves. We've talked about that on BU many times. There's a whole episode on that about the stories that we have about ourselves. All comes from childhood. The filters and the lenses that we see everything through, right? We don't see life as it is. We see life as we are. Anytime we're judging people, we're judging ourselves. But what about the fact that we aren't just making up stories about us, which become our filters, but we're also making up so much about other people. We're making them smarter than they are. We're making them richer than they are. We're making them worse than they are. We're making them villains. We're making some people heroes. And it's all made up. I mean, think of the energy that you and I spend on these stories that we create about other people. And why do we do it? Well, I feel like I do that because it's easier to do that than to focus on the stuff that I need to heal and work on. And when I say need to heal and work on, I want to be really clear. I learned, I remembered that you and I are not a project. We are perfect and beautiful as we are. And I really mean that. We just have a lot of gunk and stuff covering up that. So we need to like shed and dig for the real us. But when we look at other people, (laughs) it's so easy to focus on them rather than focusing on us. Because when we focus on us, we go straight to what? We're not enough. We need to fix ourselves. We wish we were this. We wish we were that. I wish I would have done it this way. I have these regrets. Oh my God, I haven't gotten anything done today. I'm not achieving enough. I'm not beautiful enough. I'm getting old. I'm fat. My butt looks horrible. You know, why did I say that? Oh my God, the day is almost over. I don't want to have enough money in my bank account or whatever. So these stories that we're making up, we're making up about everybody. I was thinking about that a minute ago. I was like, who am I making up stories about? It's literally everybody. Our friends, people we don't even know on social media, whether they're quote unquote famous or not. Strangers on the street, someone we might see, you know, asking for money on a corner or people we just notice in a restaurant or in a store, the Hollywood elite, everybody. When we go to a therapist or a doctor or a healer or a coach, we make up a story about them. We may not believe that they're better than us, but many times we believe that they don't have any of the struggles that we have. Now, side note, that's why I, in my opinion, I prefer coaches over therapists. Now, you got to be careful. We have a whole episode on choosing a coach. There are a lot of people out there that shouldn't be coaching their dog. 
and they have a bunch of followers and they're they're acting like they have their shit together. I mean, you, this is where you've got to, to use your own discernment and really tune into yourself. And you can't tune into yourself, right, if you're not in your body, right? There's There's work we've been doing on BU for almost two years now to remember how to ground ourselves, how to get into our body, how to tune into our intuition and to those whispers and and God and your angels talking to you. You know, it's harder for some of us than others, but that's how we discern. So when I say I prefer coaches over therapists, it's not every coach out there, that's for sure. And I'm also not saying that therapists are amazing. They are, right? Therapy's great. Anyway, that's a whole different chat. So we make up these stories about the people who are guiding us, people who we are choosing as mentors. We're anointing them rather than just allowing them to hold space for us so that we can figure this stuff out for ourselves. A really, really good coach will do that. A really, really good guide, mentor, coach is highly trained to hold space. I mean, they can hold anything you bring at them. Why? Because they've done it themselves. Because they've worked through their own stuff. You can't help anyone with anything you haven't helped your, yourself. But but many of us, including me, I've done it for years, will try to help people with whatever we need help with. And it's subconscious. I saw a quote. Okay, I'm going to go on my phone right now and find it. It is so funny. I actually sent it to my daughter who's becoming a therapist. Okay, someone put this on Twitter and then it was shared on Instagram. My therapist said that I tend to pursue damaged people to try and fix them. And I was like, you too. (laughs) So funny. So many dietitians have eating disorders. Maybe they've recovered, but they have a history of an eating disorder, right? Many therapists are trying to fix everybody else and save everybody else because it's coming from a wound. There are so many of us do the things we do. Like I was a nurse who married an alcoholic. What does that tell you? (laughs) So anyway, as you and I are looking at the world, we're seeing it through the lenses, right? That we may not even notice. Most of us listening to this podcast are pretty aware of the stories we have and the lenses we're looking through, but there's still so much that we are not aware of yet. And so what we do is we start adding meaning to things and we also start making up these stories, which are really just lies about everybody else. And I'm going to give you some examples. I mean, the truth, let's just go to the truth. The truth is that all of us, whether it's Oprah, the Pope, your favorite doctor, a movie star, the neighbor you feel like you wish you could have their life, whoever it is, all of us, the person that has their shit together and they're, they're the most cool, together, successful, amazing person you can think of. We are all wounded little girls and boys. We all have insecurities. We all have fears. We all have skeletons in our closets. We have secrets. We have things about us either in our phones or in our closet that we don't want anyone to know about or see ever. Everybody. All of us have shit. You've heard me say this before, but this analogy that came to me when I used to have a team in multi-level marketing, I was talking, coaching with somebody and this came up and I've used it ever since. And you've probably heard it several times on BU. You know, the difference, right, is that some of us have sifted through our head trash more than others or or faster than others. The difference is some of us, when we come up to that parking meter called I'm making up stories, I have shit, I'm living in my past, 
some of us have like an unlimited amount of money in that meter and some of us have like a dollar. Some of us have 10 cents. Some of us have a penny. Some of us, we put money in and then we realize, yeah, I'm fine. And we're able to pull out of the parking spot quickly and, and wake up. I mean, it just depends on where we are in the journey. But here's the point. All of us have it. And I'm saying this to myself too, because even though I know this, remember Sigrid was saying in our episode a couple of weeks ago, there's knowing, like touch your head, knowing, and then there's knowing, like, oh, in your body, in your gut, in your heart, in your true, true, deepest self, right? That knowing, there's a difference. I know, no, 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 like deep in me, all this stuff. But when I get disconnected from that, I start going into my head, that knowing part, where then I quickly forget that we're all wounded. We're all little boys and girls. We're all broken. We all have fears. We all have insecurities. We all have shit. Everybody poops. I forget that. And so I might be on Instagram and I, I don't have any account and I recommend you do this as well. I don't have any account that I look at that makes me feel bad about myself or makes me, even if it's my own stuff being triggered, I don't want to look at accounts that make me feel like I need to look a different way or I need to be younger or or whatever. But some of these accounts that I follow are people I truly, truly, truly admire. They're either mentors of mine or people I would love to have as mentors. And I make up these stories about them. So I want to go back to something. So remember a little bit ago, I said that it's easier for us to make up stories about other people than it is to look at the things we don't want to look at about ourselves. That's true. But I also thought of something else. It's easier for you and I to focus on all of these stories we're making up about everybody else than it is for us to take in, like really take in and grasp and receive the fact, the absolute fact that we are not broken, that we are enough. It's really, really hard for us to really take that in and believe that. You don't think so? Then why are we doing it? Why are we? comparing ourselves to other people? Why are we making up stories about them? Why are we saying that they're richer than they are and better than they are and that they don't have the issues we have and thinking that we're the only one? Why do we do that? It's because deep down we still, and again, we may be further along than other people, but we still have that little tiny seed of doubt that we aren't really enough, that we're the fucked up one, that we're the one getting it wrong, that we're doing pretty well, but we could be and should be doing better. Maybe we're not a hot mess past all that. That story's old. Nope. Learned how to love ourselves, healing lots, releasing, shedding. I know who I am. I am me. And hmm, I still feel like I could be doing better. I still feel like I should be further along. I still feel like on this healing journey, I shouldn't be having so much shit come up. I shouldn't be losing my temper. I shouldn't still be doing this or doing that. I should be past that by now. The truth is, you and I are exactly where we're supposed to be. We're right where we're supposed to be. And we're doing better than we think we are doing. And when we look at all these people, when we knock them down a few pegs, that's our shit. That is our insecurity, 100%. When I'm criticizing or judging other people, or I'm thinking less of them, but I'm not remembering that they are the light as much as I am, that we are equals, that they are not broken, that they're also a child of God, that they're also wounded little boys and girls with fears and insecurities, but also with so much wisdom and beauty, no matter what I think I see. When I look at all those people and I knock them down a little bit, it's because I don't want to look at my stuff. When I blow them up bigger than they are, 
It's that I don't want to really take in how beautiful I am. I'm not ready for that. I'm clinging really, really tight to that story. I'm clinging really, really tight to my fears and insecurities and my judgments about myself. It's like a pacifier and a blankie and I don't want to give it up. When I assume that someone has a perfect family or because they didn't get a divorce, their family's better than mine, or that because they did choose divorce, their family is broken. When I think that because someone looks a certain way, they have a certain X, Y, or Z, anything, fill in the blank. It's all made up by me. It's all made up. It's not true. None of it's true. When I think someone eats way better than I do, like it even matters. When I assume someone eats really, really badly. When I assume another mother doesn't have the struggles that I have. Or I look at a mom who openly talks about struggles with her kids. And I think, would I have any opinion about that whatsoever? None of it is true. I have a couple of examples and I did jot these down. I was like, what can I think of really quickly? A few examples. Oh, this one came up. Amy Batuski, who is a relationship and sex coach. She has a multi-million dollar business, hugely successful, very young, just turned like 30 or something. And she's a friend of mine. She's been on the show before. So she's this very, very, very liberated, very comfortable in her own skin and talks and teaches about sex. And I heard her say on a podcast recently that she was in an intimate, committed relationship for quite some time with someone. And now, if you have kids around or this, what I'm going to say is triggering, okay, it's around the sex topic, then either pause or have people leave the room or put headphones in. So she admitted that she was not willing to perform oral sex on her partner more than a couple of times in like five years. And the reason was because she was afraid she was going to get it wrong. She was afraid she wasn't doing it well enough. I heard that and I was like, wait, what? Wait, what? You? You? She said it just so casually. So casually. I have another friend who works out a lot and you can tell by looking at her. And she put something on Instagram showing herself sitting in her car. And she's like, this is what I have to do sometimes for 30 minutes or more, sometimes an hour to get myself to get into that gym. And I messaged her and said, thank you. I had a whole story made up that you're always motivated to work out. I have a friend who is a former Olympic athlete, gold medalist. And she looks like the stereotypical like athlete, Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. And we were traveling somewhere together recently and she asked what I wanted and there were like a couple fast food restaurants around and we were starving. I mean, starving. And it was going to be a long drive and we would hurry up and eat. And I was like, well, I'm okay with getting that if you are. And she's like, oh yeah, totally fine. And I'm like, okay, just so you know, I, I never would have guessed you would have ever eaten that food. She's like, are you kidding me? With my job, I'm on the road all the time. I eat fast food every day. And I was like, what? <laughs> you mean all the times I beat myself up and all the times I judge myself and the whole story I made up about you isn't true? Of course it's not. Another friend was at my house and I have this picture perfect. Again, I know it's not true, but I forget and I think temporarily that she has this quote unquote, I'm almost like not a perfect family. I hate to even say that, not perfect family, but a life better than mine 
where their kids all get along so perfectly well and there's no drama and just everything. They're all vacationing together and da da da. And I said something and I said something like, I'm sure you probably can't even relate. She's like, are you kidding me? And I told her, I decided to be vulnerable. And I said, okay, I'm going to tell you the truth. Even though I know rationally, this can't be true. I have this whole story that you have this life and you can't relate to that. And she's like, oh my God, you have no idea. The difference is she doesn't talk about it. I talk about things. I'm an open book. Now I'm a recovering oversharer, if you can't tell. (laughs) But she's like, oh my God, yes. And it made me feel so much better. Of course, I don't want her to have any pain. I don't want her to have those struggles. But it it made me feel better. And then it also reminded me that we're just making this shit up. For what? It just takes us off course. Every time I make up a story about you and I make you either better or worse than what you really are, it's some sort of need I have in me. It's a distraction that I find quite necessary. My inner critic, my perfectionist, my little voice, my little girl, my wounds, all of that are having a heyday. The truth is that I have no idea what her life is really like. I have no idea what goes on in her head. I have no idea what she thinks about herself. I have no idea what her sex life is. I have no idea what she thinks of her body. I have no idea what she goes through every day. I don't know what her skeletons are. I don't know what her baggage is. I don't want to know what her wounds are. I don't know what her stories are. And I don't know what her stories are about me because she has them, totally has them. Talking about victims and villains, we always want there to be a victim and a villain. Like if there's a divorce, oh my God. And I used to do this until I became the story in the story that people made up about me. I became the villain. I was the victim in my previous marriage and the villain in my new relationship, according to a lot of people. They didn't know what the hell was true. They still don't know. But I did that. I always saw a divorce where there was a victim or a villain. And don't you do this? Well, who divorced who? Who, who filed for divorce? And we either make that person the villain if they left because they abandoned the person, Right. They walked out on them. I've told that story so many times, you guys, in the past. I know you have. Some of you have. I've told the story of, you're not going to believe this. He just left her, just walked out on her and left her with two kids or three kids or five kids. Can you believe that son of a bitch? (laughs) There's a whole story. Actually, there are three stories, his side, her side, and then reality that I know nothing about. But we like that because, right, it's that pacifier and blankie. It feels good to us. It keeps us from focusing on our own stuff. And sometimes it also keeps us from remembering how wonderful we are. And I'm not saying that every time we make up a story about someone, it's gossip. No, you know, it just could be just without even realizing it. We see someone and they're dressed a certain way. My kids do this. They're like, oh, they're so rich. My husband always says, it's just a payment, kids, just a payment. You see people driving really nice cars and with a lot of stuff and a lot of things. And we remind our kids that doesn't mean anything. First of all, of course, it doesn't mean anything as far as their worth and what their real life is, but it doesn't mean they're wealthy. Some of the wealthiest people I know, and in the last year I have met, I know someone who's a billionaire, like personally know someone who's a billionaire. I have been around with and lately had conversations with and broken bread with, so to speak, people worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And I got to tell you, none of them, no, there's nothing wrong with having flashy stuff. Trust me, I love that stuff. But I'm saying none of those people I just described, you would never know it. If you looked at them, you would 100% say the opposite. 
It doesn't matter why they do or don't have flashy things or, or have, you know, lots of super expensive cars or purses or whatever. That's a whole different podcast. And that's an interesting one, actually. My point, though, is that when my kids say that, I've, I've learned now because I used to have that mindset because I never had anything. And I had a broken, very, very, very immature and unhealthy relationship with money and wealth. So I used to think the same things that my kids say now. And I love that my husband always says, it's just a payment. A lot of people can just squeak by a payment because they want you to think they have a lot. Then there are people who have millions and millions and millions and you have no idea, no clue whatsoever. So that's actually a good example because we were talking about, you know, how we look at people and we either knock them up a few notches or down a few notches, you know, based on what we see or or what we observe. And it does one of two things for our ego. But this is a good example, I'm thinking, because, you know, if you look at someone, it's kind of a tangible thing. When you look at wealth, there are people that have lots and you look at them and you assume they don't. And there are people who you assume have tons and they actually are broke. Or maybe they're not broke, but they don't have any business spending that kind of money. They're just making payments and squeaking by. So if you just think about the conversations you have privately with yourself that your spouse doesn't even know about, the fear stories the not enough stuff, the wish I was doing it better stuff, the secret struggles. Perhaps it's the skeletons, but perhaps they're not skeletons. Perhaps they're like daily things that are happening in real time that you don't want people to know about, bad habits that you have, unhealthy habits, or habits that aren't bad, but you're labeling them bad, whatever. The baggage, the stuff that you and I don't want people to know about or we're embarrassed of or we we assume that no one else thinks this way, those secret conversations that we have, the times we doubt ourselves, just remember that she's having them too. You just don't know the exact conversation, but she's having them too. Now, some of the people out there who have less money in the parking meter, who have sifted through their head trash faster, or maybe they've just sifted through more head trash than you, they're in a different chapter, maybe they're further along in their journey, they have those conversations but they're very brief or they're quickly able to recognize them for what they are, which is not true. And I believe that the more we focus on everything that we are not doing well enough, that we wish we were better at, had more of, the more we're going to see that in other people. And the more we're going to create this persona, we're either going to make them a victim or a villain, or we're going to make them better than, than they actually are. We're going to assume, you know, that they don't have the struggles, et cetera. They're more perfect. Or we're going to do the opposite and we're going to tear them down and assume that if someone is a certain way, then they must be miserable secretly or they must have screwed up kids or they couldn't really be that wealthy or what they're saying on Facebook is just for attention. There's a direct correlation between my stories about myself and the stories I'm making up about other people and how often I give that energy, how much airtime they get. There's a direct correlation. The more secure I am with myself, the more I love and accept myself, the more I love and accept other people. That doesn't mean I'm elevating them in my mind and blowing them up and accepting them and loving them just as people, as human beings. All the other stuff, I'm not too sure about. I don't know. I'd have to get to know them. I'd have to have a conversation. And even then, I don't really know. So when I'm getting advice from a mentor, I need to remember that they are just as human as me. When I'm going to a some sort of health practitioner, I need to remember they're not perfectly healthy themselves. They just might know more than me. When someone's helping me with a struggle, 
I need to remember, be grateful, and also remember that they have their own stuff. And it might actually be exactly what they're trying to help me with, by the way. I saw on Facebook today that someone I don't know, but I've interacted with is an emotional intelligence coach. I literally laughed out loud. I mean, I went, I'm not going to do it into the microphone. It might hurt your ears. But I laughed out loud, not in judgment, just in shock of, isn't that funny? So I laughed out loud. And I know that sounds so mean, but my interaction with this person was like zero emotional intelligence. She was so rude. She was so judgmental. She told me that I could not be in her women's, I don't even know what it was called, empowerment business group for entrepreneurs because as she said, quote, while you may have an entrepreneurial spirit, you are no entrepreneur. It would be best for you to start a group of your own, end quote. And that was after someone suggested that I join her group back when I had an online business. Now at the time, I had a multi-million dollar online wellness business. And I was really wanting to join her group just to make friends. I wasn't going in there to sell to anybody or to do anything other than help and meet people. And when I saw that this person was an emotional intelligence coach, I just had to laugh. And the reason I'm saying that is because someone who had not interacted with her may see, oh, emotional intelligence coach. Oh, shit. I better be on my best behavior. This person's got their shit together. Not so much. And even if this person did have high emotional intelligence and they didn't act like a jerk and they didn't do what they did with me and many other people, we probably would still make up a story that they were somehow better, et cetera, or to make ourselves feel better, we would knock them down a few pegs. So what do we do with all this? So when you and I are talking to people in our community, I personally believe that a gift to them and a gift to us and a gift to the world is for you and I to go first, for you and I to say, what stories we make up about them, for you and I to share vulnerably something that we struggle with, I think that they will find it so refreshing. And the response you're going to get is thank you and me too. Or it might be thank you, me too. And I'm going to match your whatever and raise you whatever. (laughs) They're going to blow your mind and you're going to go, oh my gosh, I had no idea. But try that out. And as you're going through life today and you're seeing people, just just maybe laugh about the fact that you have no idea what's really there. Just see them as another light in the world. So one of my friends, she's been on the show before, Angie Lee, always says, Beyonce poops. Just remember, no one is better than you. No one is less than than you. Everybody is a light in this world, no matter what you think you see. And sometimes we see some things that are not good. But no matter what we think that we see or we hear from other people about them or even from that person's mouth, you and I are not getting it wrong. You're not supposed to be further than you are. They're not ahead of you. They're not better than you. They're not worse than you. We're all just pretending. We're all just trying to figure this shit out. We're all on different journeys. We all have different soul contracts. We all have a different relationship and agreement with our creator. And everything is working out exactly as it's supposed to work out in the exact time it's supposed to happen. And every time we look at someone else and we think anything about their life other than it is what it is, 
There's lots I don't know. I'm going to make no judgment calls. Anytime we think anything other than that, remember, we're making it up and it has everything to do with our own stuff. So hold your head up high, no matter who you're around. People who have more than you or who look like they have more than you. People who you think are more beautiful or more stylish. People who you think have a happier family or a family that looks better according to society. And at the same time, when you see people who look like they have way less, who look like they're struggling way more, make sure your head is not held up too high because in other areas of your life, you're that person. And believe it or not, there is someone out there right now thinking less of you and there's someone out there right now thinking way more of you than you think of yourself. And there's someone out there, in fact, a lot of people who think they have your life all figured out and they think they know everything about you and they know nothing. Just focus on your own growth and your own healing and being a love and a light in this world. And don't for a minute let the stories get in the way of that.